Welcome back to the DAC podcast for 2020. Uh, this is episode 15 we'll be bringing you today. Um, without further ado, let's get on into it. Boris, how are you, mate? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, Nathan. I'm very well. It's funny, um, I reckon if we <laughs> recorded and played back every episode, it'd be the same. I Boris, how are you, mate? Even, even when I was in the midst of my injury, I think I still gave the same response, which is quite funny. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Thanks. Nathan. Um, there, there you go. Um, so that's good. You're well. Um, there's been, um, we've got a, a fairly jam-packed episode, but um, let's um, recap the latest from AV. We, um, we had competition starting again on, um, on the weekend. Yeah, the 14th and 15th, we had a Cruden, Cruden Farm Cross Country, which is the out of, the out of stadia events that they've been running pre the track season. Yep. Uh, we had four DAC athletes running in that, which is pretty exciting to see. We had Dave Ridley, Dave Mitchell, and Kath Gawthorne in the open division, all running some very fast times, which is good to see. And our sole rep in the uh, junior 3K race was Rachel White, who ran also a sub 12 minute 3K, which was very, very good to see uh, coming out of isolation, I guess you can say. Obviously been, all of them have obviously been putting in some good work in the, yeah. uh, in the lockdown, which is good. To, and good, um, good. I, I think um, Ridley led from start to finish, 1941. Did he, did he, uh, he did pretty well there. Yeah, 1941 is, is definitely moving. <laughs> it's pretty quick. Indeed, indeed. So, <laughs> Especially for the course. Apparently, there was a bit of a water obstacle and, uh, you know, definitely on farm grounds as well. So, Well, well done. Well done to those who, um, who, who got out there and well done to AV, Athletics Victoria, to, yeah. um, to putting an event on. It's, it's obviously, there's a, a fair few hurdles and there'll be some teething, um, you know, things to run through. I think there was, it was a seated, not a seated, sorry. A, it was unseated a, race. Just unseated, of, but different yeah. start times every 10 or so minutes. So it was, um, you know, we've got to, it's going to be the new normal for a, for a little bit longer, but the main thing is that racing um, in, in some shape or form is back. So. Yeah, it's, um, it's really good to see. And I think it's, it's also good. You know, I've been seeing a lot of people doing time trials, myself included. Mm. And um getting some friends together and just going out and running hard. And I think it's, it's really good to just go and meet up with your friends and do that. Well, well, there's not races on every weekend and yep. you know, these races that are happening aren't necessarily seeded. just, you know, message a few of your mates who run around the same time as you or can throw with just similar distance to you and go meet up and, you know, go make your own competitions. Yeah. There's, no, there's no reason why we can't, catch up and um and we've spoken about before in the podcast and and um there's nothing stopping you getting out and still running so if you can if you can do a time trial and an event closer to home that's great and and if av can hold them which they're going to start holding them if yeah, you can get yeah. out to there do do so and, and support them as well so um just keep on the lookout obviously for all the new um av uh, events there's it's changing weekly so we couldn't give you a recap on uh, yes. what's coming up because <laughs> yes, it'd be out right. of date that's so right. um, look out for that. Look out for our DAC Club uh, newsletter, which will be coming out um, more regularly now once, um, once events start off. Exactly. And also um, a little heads up to everyone. The new newsletter now is coming from a different email address. So it's going to be coming at, from dac at doncasterac.org.au. If you don't see it by the end of the week, just check your, uh, check your spam or junk folder as it may have gone into there. Yeah. Good call. Good call. 
and um, and also just a reminder on um, registrations too. If uh, if you're looking to compete for the club or come down to the club uh, in in the designated training sessions, um, you've obviously got to be a member. So um, refer back to the email you would have gotten from the club that outlines all that, um, or or um, email register at doncasterac.org.au. Uh, David Mitchell is your man to to chat to. So that's all the club news and admin and um, jam-packed episode, Boris. So Yeah, we've got a bit, bit of a special guest who might, some might say he flew in to, um, to do the podcast. You could say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did, he did fly in from, uh, from the States to do it. Yeah. So um, you'll find out a bit more on that one. But uh, a, a bit guy of a spoiler for you, I guess. Yeah, a guy that's been at the club well. Was at the club back in 2005. We'll hear about it in a moment. But he's um, he's been in the states for many years. So we we spoke about a lot. Um, really good content. So um, he'll he'll let's uh, let's hear it. Eh? Yeah, let's one to it. listen to if you're ever thinking about jumping into the college system. Yes. So if you're a uh, if you're a you're eight and you're nine student that's uh, working through school and and keen to get over the states, make sure your uh, your grades are in order because that's uh, one of the prereqs to 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 get in there. So uh, let's hear more about it. Let's get to the special guest now, eh, Boris? Straight into it. Sounds good. Okay, so next up on episode 15 of the DSC podcast, we've got a special guest who's, uh, I thought he was joining us from America, but he's since come back from, uh, he's in hotel quarantine. Uh, we've got Nath Carr coming on the podcast today. Um, one of the uh, DSC greats, he joined back in 2005, 2006 in his final years of of study um, at Melbourne Grammar. And he's since gone over to, to the college system, um, first as an athlete, then as a coach. Um, we've got him on today to speak about how he came to the club in the first instance to DIC um, and, and his college system for, for 12 years now um, and, and what he's up to now. So Nath Carr, welcome to the podcast, mate. Thanks, Nath. Thanks for us. Appreciate you both. No, no worries. Thanks for jumping on, mate. And um, look, tell us, tell us where you are now currently. So currently sitting in a hotel in Sydney, uh, yeah. just actually finished up uh, my employment uh, after six years at, univers at a university called Arkansas State University, yep. uh, where I worked as an academic coordinator for the athletic department. So I'm sure we'll get into that in yeah, a bit, yeah. um, but uh, on day four, so get excited, okay. almost over the, almost there to get <laughs> out of here. Um, but no, excited to be home. It's like I've mentioned, it, uh, Nath, as you mentioned, it's been 12 yeah. years. Yeah. So um, it is exciting to be back. A little bit of an unknown moving forward. But I'll tell you what, I am excited to be back at the club once uh, I'm, I'm back in Victoria. So it'd be good. Yeah, no, for sure. I think um, it'd be great to have you back. And as I, as I mentioned, it'd be, um, we're going to sort of take it all the way um, back to sort of how you got into athletics, but really um, interested about the college system. We, in our last podcast, we, we um, heard from Matty Jay and he was at Lamar for a few years there. And, and we know you've been there for a number of years. So yeah, we've got a lot to talk about. We'll, we may as well get into it, mate. So when, um, take us back, how did you get into athletics and how did you sort of come to the club back in 2005? Um, well, funnily enough, uh, the running's kind of in the blood. I'm the youngest of uh, six. Uh, my oldest brother, Matt, uh, was the first person to bring me down to Doncaster. I think it was roughly, it might have been 2002, 2003. Okay. Because um, unfortunately, at, uh, I think it was 2001, my, my dad passed away, um, yeah. who uh, also, funnily enough, Tommy coached, uh, the great Tom Kelly, yep. coached back right. in the day. Um, crazy. So, so it was a bit of a two generations of uh, yeah. Tommy, Tommy coaching us. But um, I finished up little athletics at Ringwood and um, 
my brother was like getting back into it and he was like, Hey, I want to go back to my old coach, which was Tom Kelly. Yeah. Um, he just goes and I want to bring you with you and he wants to meet you. And I was like, well, it's weird that like a coach from Doncaster wants to meet me because back in the day it wasn't that Ringwood and Doncaster and Box Hill didn't have a good little, little, little <laughs> rivalry. Yeah. Um, and I was that one Ringwood kid that was like, Oh, this guy. <laughs> so um, you can ask Ross Rieger and, uh, Adam Watson about that. Yeah, um, right. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it was good. Just uh, came out to the club and then Tommy pretty much was like, I know your dad. Um, yep. I'm going to take you under my wing. No ifs, buts, or maybes about it. I heard yeah, you can run. Great. He's like, let's see if you can. And um, first workout, I jump in um, and I'm like green. Oh, so green. Yeah, right. Uh, so how old were you here? Probably 14, 13? Yeah, probably about 14. Okay. Probably about yeah. that, yeah. So... At first workout and I get introduced to um, all the boys and they kind of, I kind of knew them. They kind of knew me um, and we're down there and we jump in and I'm this wide eyed, bushy tail young kid jumping in with Adrian, Patty, Layton, George Murley. Yeah. Uh, my older brother was, he was in great, he was in good marathon shape. Um, yep. He was probably about like 240, 230. Yeah. That 240 marathon shape. Okay. Um, right. And, and then young Dave McNeil and young, Benny Ashkettle and I'm like <laughs> thinking I'm all gun ho so I jump on the first workout and try and hammer it um, and find it very quickly that uh, put in my place very quickly um, in in one of Tom Kelly's special workouts so you don't know quite where he pulled the workout from one of his magical pockets uh, in yes. his many jackets that he wore um, and next thing you know it was a it was a beautiful relationship from there fell in love with the club um, made great friends uh, and then over the years kind of grew up in the club and was raised and Tommy helped me out more ways than one as, as I'm sure everyone can testify that he did yeah. um, through everyone that he met. Um, and then kind of just life kind of blossomed from there. And I guess, yeah, it was my first experience at Doncaster. Loved it. Loved it. Loved Doncaster. Yeah. So. And um, now you're, you're a bit of a larrikin down there and it definitely um, everyone loved you, mate. So it was, uh, it was good in those early years, probably the golden era. Well, there's a lot of what we've been finding out. There's been a lot of eras in the, in the club, you know, we've got, we're hitting 50 next year and mm. there's, there's different groups. Um, and there was a good one formed back, you know, 2005, 2006. And um, we're all growing older, but it's, it's good to touch base again. So it'd be great to get you back down, which is, Absolutely. Um, which is potentially going to happen. So that was um, DAC in 2005, 2006. Then mm. you went to Melbourne grammar. You went there. Uh, what year did you go there? So I finished up at Norwood Secondary College. Um, at the end of year 10, I was like, mum, I'm done with it. School's not for me. Yeah. Um, I'm just, I'm just, I'm going to do a trade. I'm going to be the best, I'm going to be the best tradesman ever. Best chippy um, going around. Yes, <laughs> chippy going around. And I was, I was in content. Loved it. Loved the idea of it. Yeah. Um, and then we had all schools in, was it start of the year December? Is that roughly when all schools is? Usually. The first one the track. Yeah. Um, so I did that and I won the eight, the four, no, I can't remember. I won a couple of races, like a couple of events in the one weekend. And um, I was like, oh, well, didn't think much of it. And then we get a phone call from like a recruiter from the school named uh, John Ford 40, as I remember his name. Um, and he was like, gives a call. Mum was like, hey, would Nathan be interested in coming to Melbourne Grammar? And she was like, what, like to do what? Just to go to school or they, they're like, no, we want to bring them in an athletic scholarship and X, Y, Z. Okay. Um, and so pretty much went there, had an interview, met the principal, did a bit of a 
some academic placement testing and then met some of uh, the coaches as well. Um, funnily enough, one of the coaches or the head coach, I guess, because I'm so used to American terminology, yeah. um, <laughs> that the head of our PE, Nat Cool, is one of the, was one of the heads of Old Melbournians Club. So he was, uh, right. he was a track and field athletics 400 meter runner, really good one. I think he was about 47, 46, 47, 400 meter runner. So he was all, uh, yep, Nat, what Nathan. Yeah. And then uh, the distance coach, oh, sorry, the, that I'm, again, so Americanized. Uh, so the, uh, the one in charge of the distance program uh, was, his name's Rich Polkinghorn. And Rich yep. is, an, is yep. a Doncaster alum. That's so right. He's, he, right. He was under uh, Tommy as well. So when he found out, gave Tommy a call and Tommy was like, oh, I've been trying to get Nathan to, into Xavier for years, but they don't <laughs> want him. They don't want a piece of him. <laughs> it's like, and they're like, I was like, oh, okay. So ended up there. And my first year there was um, a bit of a, a very wide-eyed, uh, opening situation because at the time um, they had phenomenal runners at, at, at that private school level. We had um, yeah. Matt Bailey. Matt Bailey was an absolute stud. Um, Ryan Matthews, so Luke Matthews, his older brother. I know everyone knows right. who Luke Matthews is. So his older brother, he was no, he was no slouch. Um, yeah. Will, Will Schofield, who now plays for, plays in the NFL, uh, AFL, sorry. Yeah, right. Um, right. and a couple of other runners that you that are playing professionally uh, in their respected like a couple of them triathletes and stuff like that now yeah um, and you're just like rocking up and I'm like and I got to beat Matt Bailey who's never lost a race yeah. <laughs> since he stepped on a track you're like all right I'll try and beat him um, and that was that was cross-country season then like track rolled around um, athletic season rolled around and they're like well there's a runner from Xavier um, and their coach is really good and no one could like his name's Matt Gibney and no one's ever oh, been yeah. him before. And he's, he's an absolute monster, uh, but he's injured. He's injured. And, but, but we know his coach is a, is a freak and he's probably wrote him some like crazy pool workouts. And then yeah. I come around the corner and I'm like, wait, their coach. I'm like, well, that's Tommy. Yeah. So I'm like, Hey, Tommy, what workouts you got Matt Gibney doing? He's like, oh, I can't tell you. I can't tell you. I was like, <laughs> ah, yeah. I was like, what do you mean you can't tell me? Um, so my first APS championships, we, I lose to him by, next to nothing he runs 152 flat dead and i run 15202 oh, and i was just like i was like bang i was like oh bit of the taste in the mouth wasn't satisfied so um yeah finish up there it's going into my my year 12 and uh had a bit of like digestive based issues based on the fact that i'm gluten and lactose intolerant Right. Um, and which I didn't know that until my hormones, obviously, as you get turned 18, your hormones all jack yeah. up again. Yeah. Um, and so I was sick as a dog still trying to run. And obviously when you're sick as a dog and you're at guts issues, it's not a very good, good <laughs> no. attempt, but still, still, we, um, we had a good, we had a good uh, year athletically. It was a really good year for me as well. Um, Cause I think state wise as well, I won the eight came third in the two. And I think I won the 400 in the oh, same right. weekend. Okay. And then had a good run at, at nationals, but I was, I was so crook then. Um, but yeah, so it was good. And then Doncaster was flying. We were, mm. we were rolling as well cross country. Cause again, I'd be running APS and then try and go run Doncaster races later on yeah. that day. Or, or it'd be like, you're like, oh, I'm so tired. Um, or even, even the training that time, cause I was required to do two training sessions with um, Melbourne Grammar yeah. uh, on Tuesday on was it Tuesday? Because our main workouts were Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Or something. So no, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah, Tuesday, Thursday, I thought were 
with, with Doncaster. Yeah. Yep. So it means Monday, Wednesday, I was with, with grandma. Okay. And um, yeah. which was fine because he was talking to Rich Polkinghorne was talking to Tommy. And yep. so they were kind of like still figuring it out. And I actually, um, and we had a, we had a really decent year, but I ended up getting stress fractures at the end of it. Uh, um, and it was a spew and I didn't even know what was going on. I tried to run a 1500 after the season was over and it was like most, like the weirdest pain I've ever had in my life. Um, and then it goes to the doctor and the doctor's like, Oh, do you play tennis? So I'm like, no, I run track. And he just goes, yeah. you've done a tennis injury on your knees. And I was like, Oh, there you go. Oh, <laughs> you so, um, but yeah. So, but when that finished up, um, grammar is a very good, example of everyone they try their best to make sure everyone gets to university right and okay. so um and again as you remember 2000 when i was uh finishing year 10 i was like school's not for me yeah. and so they're like yeah we want uni everyone goes to uni i'm like oh, i don't know about that <laughs> so um but um, nat cool gives me a phone call and he goes what do you think of america i was like what about it he just goes well i've got a couple of phone calls from schools um saying they're interested in you running for them i'm like yeah, what do i do okay. And they're like, well, it's the exact same process as here. You go to school, you get a degree yeah. and you run for them. And so I'm like, all right, I'll, that sounds great. Let's look into it. And so they helped me get set up with a scouting office, which I'm um, very grateful at the time. But now with the knowledge base that I have now, I'm like, oh, it's probably not the smartest thing ever to do. Yeah, right. Um, right. Because it's uh, and essentially there's other ways of what you can be successful and get into college without using scouting services. Um, Right. But again, we can always talk about that later. Um, yeah. But yeah, the next thing you know, I'm jumped on a plane and I'm, I'm headed to Iowa. So yeah, back in, that was 2008. So I graduated in 2007 and in August, 2008, I was off to America. So, so you, you finished up your year 12, you had stress fractures, you took offers and then you just trained for eight months to sharpen yourself back up again oh. to get to, into shape for college. I would probably say I was recovering for because I, I ended up getting my stress fractures in April. Oh um, no! The only reason I remember it because it was on. I got, I got them when it was on my birthday, so I was like, right. worst birthday present ever. Um, <laughs> and so I'm calling these schools in America, or getting calls from these schools in America, and saying, "Yeah, I'm in great shape. I'm rolling, <laughs> feeling feeling 100 um, percent." They're like, "Well, we we see you haven't competed in a week or so, like in a while," and I was yeah. like, "Yeah." Yeah, I haven't. Just, just trying to, there's a long year. Just training. I'm just, I'm just in a training block. <laughs> yeah. And so, just building. But, just building my mileage. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Well, the, the funniest is at the time, because Tommy was still making me come down to the track, because um, you just want to make sure I wasn't going stir crazy. Yeah. Uh, and you boys would be doing the uh, Seb Co. And every time oh, yeah. I'd be like, like chomping at the bit. He's like, how long left until the doctor says you're good? And I'm like, one more week. And he's like, it ain't a week. Like, sit, stop. He settled. And I'm like, all right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's hard when you've got a stress fracture. All you want to do is just get out there because you don't feel that off. No, it's, that's You it. know, and you're just sort of walking around. You're not like, there's nothing visibly wrong with you. It's, well, um, it's yeah, annoying. Because like at the time I'd signed my, uh, my letter of intent to go overseas. And I was like, I was like rearing. I was like, yeah, yeah. a horse at the gates. So I was just yeah. like, come on, let's, let's go. So, did yeah, it was good. Did they send you, before you came, did they send you sort of a training guide or anything you had to do, you know, before um, you came over or like a, anything so, like that? So there's two, there's various different type of college systems over there. So the most common is the NCAA where you have the division one, two and three schools. So the division one yep. schools are your 
monster schools that you hear all about and they're the yep. multi-million dollar schools. Yeah. Uh, two is more academically based, but they still have strong athletics. And then right. uh, three is mostly a hundred percent academics. And then they have right. a little bit of athletics. So they're like your, um, your really, really fancy, not Ivy League schools, but your, your very small schools that are like liberal arts, like very fancy schools. Right, right, right. Um, and then they have a system called NIIA, which is a uh, four-year universities, liberal arts-based schools, um, which they're just a little bit different. And then they have junior colleges, which are like two-year schools, um, mm-hmm. where you kind of get your basics of education in order to get to a four-year institution. So it's kind of like right. doing your diploma. I guess would probably oh, yeah. be the example. Like, like a, a school where they, yeah, it's like a TAFE, 100% right. like a TAFE. Right. Um, so I ended up signing at one of those schools because I didn't know any better. Uh, and so, because cool. in the back of my head, I'm like, well, why would I want to go to a four year school when yeah. degrees in Australia only go for two years? Yeah. I'm going to go to the two year school. And then I get there and it's like, oh, Oh, it's a it's a total polar opposite of, of what everything. And so, so, so hold on, take, take us, take us back. Who, did you have one person sort of ringing you and getting you over there or what was the process like? <laughs> so, so essentially I signed up. How did they recruit- con you into it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they get you. So, so originally, so with the recruiting service that I had, uh, they were contacting schools and schools were reaching back out to me. Um, but at the time there's rules and regulations with the NCAA where back then you could only contact a kid once a week. Right. And right. so, Whereas the junior colleges or NJCAA schools, they can contact you as many times as they want. They don't have right. any limits. And so my mum and he was, he was coach Statzer, Emmett Statzer, he's a phenomenal coach and really good friend. Um, he'd be calling me because he could never get the time, time difference, right? He'd be calling <laughs> me at three in the morning. Oh. I'd be like, oh, it's Mr. S- it's Coach Statzer again. And he's got this like, hey, Nate, what's going on? <laughs> like, oh, great coach. He's like, what you doing? I'm like, I was asleep. <laughs> um, so, uh, and so pretty much, and I, I can probably say this is really fair for like Australians. We're very, um, the people we trust, we obviously like, yeah. we give a lot to. Um, yeah. And so I just felt a very trustworthy. I, he felt very trustworthy and he was, he, he set me up and essentially he signed me for, it was about $7,000 a, a year to go to that school, a semester rather to go to that school. Right. So uh, for six months, about seven grand. And that covered meal, food, uh, meal plan, housing and education. And I was on right. about a, a $3,000 scholarship. So I was paying okay. almost half. So I was almost on 50%. Okay. Yeah. And so I get there um, and it's myself and this is team of about a hundred athletes. So I'm Whoa. like, oh, he's huge, monstrous. Yeah. Um, and so getting excited, meeting the team, um, and it was phenomenal. And they'll, he gets there and introduced me to the other international students because you're only allowed two international students on the team. Uh-huh. Um, you technically can have more, but like competition-based, you can only have a certain amount that can compete. And like, but the Kenyans, like they can, it's a difference. They get, it's changed a lot uh, from back then. Um, back then. So I met Oscar, Oscar Casanova Perchez. Um, and Oscar was like meant to be like the top dog. He was a 5k, 10k runner. And so I'm getting there and I meet these 400 guys and they're like, Oh, we're about 47, 46 runners. I'm like, bang, perfect. There's my speed group. I'm yeah. like, and they're like, Oh, we got a couple of 1500 meter guys. And they were like four ten to four flat. I'm like, perfect. There's my mid distance group. And then uh, Oscar Casanova Perchez was meant to be like a sub, like he's about 31 minute 10K guy. And so right. I'm like, okay, like, it's good. We got yeah, some, we got some yeah. little bit of everything. Um, 
Yeah, Oscar lied. Oscar, Oscar lied about his times. Oscar <laughs> from, was not a 31-minute guy. Um, <laughs> after our first, our second race, we were running a, an 8K and I run about nothing flash, like 26 flat. Now, granted, this is like one of my second races after stress fractures. So I'm pretty yeah. pumped about 26 flat. I was like, high fives up top. Um, yes. <laughs> and I finished second in the race and Oscar comes near dead last. And Ooh. coach is like, uh, does a little bit, calls me back in like a week later. And he's just like, he's like, yeah, Oscar, Oscar lied. And he flipped our scholarship. So I was on the full and then he gave us to the half. Um, oh, like, I was just like, oh, geez. Um, but yeah, it was, I loved it. It was, it was one of the best experiences at IOS and community college. Uh, it was phenomenal. Um, okay. Just out, it was in Council Bluffs, Iowa, just outside of Omaha, Nebraska. Yeah, um, right. And it showed me not only just the, the competition changes of what they want in American athletics about results and because um, I know here we, we, we do a lot of team-based, like we're on, we're Doncaster team. Yeah. But the effects of the thrower who, how he does massively impacts how you do. Um, Cause it's all about points. It's all about certain, if you win, you get 10 points, second gets eight, third gets six and so on and so forth until eight. Um, which I know we do that here, but it's very like based on championships is how schools get money. So right. if you win championships, you get X, Y, Z money. Okay. And so it's all about trying to win. And then that money helps pay for our scholarships and like endorsements and funding and uh, books and meal plans and stuff like that. So, so on and so forth. But um, that's when I found all that out and I just loved it. Like the whole concept of it. Cause in the back of my head, I had Tommy just yelling at me in the back of my head was the whole, like, um, don't worry about time. Cause if you win your race, you're going to run a fast time. Because Tommy used to say that all the time, Classic. all the time. He did. Um, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And so when I got there and they were like, all we want you to do is run fast and turn left and win. I was like, <laughs> I can do this. This sounds yeah. great. Let's go. <laughs> so um, easy, easy peasy. Um, and then I met, I found indoor, indoor track and field. Oh, Nath. Boris, yeah. mate. Mate, Boris, you probably hate it because distance runners really do hate the old, uh, <laughs> the old indoor track and field, but bank 200 like meters. To be honest. Oh, it's phenomenal. It's so <laughs> tactical. It's so yeah, right. like you can't fall asleep in it. You not that you fall asleep in an 800, but like you can see everything cause it's a 200 meter track yeah. and you can, you can feel the ground, you can hear people and it's so close cause it's 200. So you can hear like the whole fans and everyone got yeah. ballistic at you. Oh, and yes. the track's curved, right? It, it's like banked some, it, in. Yeah. Some are banked. Some are flat as a tack. Some are right. like, um, super sharp corners it's it's all based on Brutal. how they they have the facility so um i was lucky enough to race at some phenomenal uh buildings which is like uh those in nebraska iowa iowa state and arkansas and tennessee tech uh texas tech a few yep. other places like that during my time at at iowa western and it was just phenomenal fell in love um but yeah so finishing up there so at the time uh finished up my degree there and my best finish at the time, I finished third at nationals um, and around a 152. So nothing to crash up, but we had hits in the finals and I had to run 152 to get in the finals and then 152 got my third. So it was a bit of a, um, so it wasn't too shabby. Um, yeah. And then from there, because it's a two year school, you can transfer to four year schools. So like a division one school or two or three or an NAIA. Yeah. Um, and then so then the whole. Just go straight into third year there. Mm-hmm. Yes, oh, straight nice. into third year. Yeah, so, um, but then the whole recruiting process starts over again. Oh. So, but by that point, yeah. I was a 22 year old, 23 year old, 
And so I'm like, don't, don't give me the BS. Don't, don't show yeah. me all the, the stuff you treat the parents. Give me like the meat and potatoes. Yeah. Um, and that's where I found uh, University of Arkansas at Little Rock because actually my girlfriend at the time, she went there on a soccer scholarship and walked into the coach's office and handed a piece of paper over and was like, these are my boyfriend's times. Is he oh, good right. enough to come here? Yeah. And uh, the, my, my old uh, coach Williams loves this story because he just goes, how many people walk in with the, my boyfriend runs and my girlfriend runs and you just roll <laughs> their eyes. And you're like, all right, let's have a look. Um, and then he, was, he looked at the piece of paper, hands it to the assistant coach. He's like, double check these are real. Um, <laughs> yeah, the right. coach comes back in and says, no, they're real. He calls me that night. I come for, a, I fly in for an official visit the next week. Um, and I sign the week after. So nice. uh, yeah, yeah, it was nice. kind of insane. And that, that was on a, that was on a full ride. And, and that's where my journey at uh, University of Arkansas at uh, Little Rock began. And I'll tell you what, that was a, yeah, now that was a school. I'll tell you that much right now. That was a, and so that's, that, to tell you more. a Div 1 school? And yeah, so, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. so it's a uh, university right. arts or at Little Rock is division one in the Sunbelt conference. Um, at the time we were a distance powerhouse, right? Uh, put it this way. When I was running there, my best year. So I was about a 25, 20 guy in the 8k for cross country. And I was number eight on the team. Right. So our fastest runner on the guy yeah. was probably about a 23, 20, no, yeah. yeah, about a 23, 20 guy. And then, <laughs> we fall into place there. So, um, which made long runs and workouts monsters. We used to do this one called, uh, tempo road. So it's about 10 miles. So what's that? That's, um, 16, 16 K. So the first eight K was sub six minute mile pace. Oh, you had to stay under six minute miles. So, Forgive me, boys. I'm, I'm a bit out of it on the cake. Yeah, we have to do yeah. some math on that. Quick, yeah. quick math on that. And then he would be like, okay, I'll be, I'll be at the AK mark. And then you got to give me whatever you can on the way back. And so most of the boys, I remember the first time I ever did it. Um, Six minute miles is uh, 344s. Okay. So everyone following along at home. Very good. Yeah, I feel like, and chatting away. He's like, I want you all be talking. And then when, when you get to the at 344 and then when you turn around i want you to drop the hammer and give me what you can give me on the way back right and so most of the boys are running about like 52 minutes 51 53 minutes for, for the whole thing and you're just right. like you're like just they're just rolling they're just like yeah. smashing it yeah um right. and then uh we the first time i did it coach comes up to me he just goes what was your pb outside of junior college i was like uh, like 26 flat and he just goes well congratulations you just ran a pb you just ran 25 20 on the uh, 25 45 <laughs> on the second half of your yeah, okay. right, really. and i was just like i'm like oh i'm in deep water right now so I call Tommy, <laughs> and Tommy's like, don't worry it's okay like it's okay like pbs in practice they happen they happen so it's like all right tommy i'm freaking out over here because <laughs> like because like, again in the back of my head i got i got patty and all the boys saying like hey don't race in practice yeah yeah because yeah, like, yeah, like the boys we used to drill that is never race in practice at yeah. Doncaster. and i'm like am i racing or are we just that quick now and it was just a massive jump and i know yeah. uh people like maddie J and and dave mcneil can can testify to that it just clicks over there because it's such a performance-based requirement like uh i guess program in school and and competition that it just all of a sudden i guess jack bruce is another great example because jack actually came to the university of arkansas at little rock we're out of um out of queensland and we had him for a year and then he transferred to university of arkansas and all of a sudden he went from like a 
25 minute flat guide to a 23 minute guide just like one, yeah. one year yeah, that's right. just because the competition requirements to be successful it's like you can either hang on and survive or yeah Jeez. you can you can see yourself in the athletic training room and just be doing treatment for the rest of your life so so i mean this is probably a good question time to ask the question of what can you give us a quick idea of what your training looked like sort of back in melbourne at that first school and then at arkansas what like so, so maybe just like a, a snapshot of what a, a normal week kind of looked like in terms of mileage and workouts that type oh of gosh so so i was so stubborn and stupid that i never wrote anything down as a, <laughs> as during my time at doncaster um i do remember and i've got to give a lot of thanks to a lot of people because they helped me out so much when i was down at doncaster because like uh sarah casey was a massive one because her her mum would drive like i'd take the I take the train from the city to Box Hill and or Surrey Hills and then walk to their house real quickly. And then we drive to Doncaster or I'd, if I miss them, I had to take the bus or get to Box Hill and then take the bus and then meet up with Nathan, all the boys. But yeah, what we were doing, what two workouts a week at Doncaster. Yeah. And then I was doing two workouts a week at, um, at grandma. And then we do the long run on Sunday up at the hills, up in um, at the Mount Dandenongs. Any correct? Unless, yeah. Um, so we're doing that, but I was not going over. I honestly reckon I was only probably doing about what, forty-five miles a week. So what's that? No, that might have been. Let's get the calculator out. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, but all <laughs> 70, of it was pretty high. Seventy-ish. 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 So a lot of that was pretty high mileage, uh, high high intensity rather. High intensity. Yeah, yeah. Um, and because Tommy would be like, oh, we we'd all be like, oh, do we have hills on Saturday? And Tommy would be like, yeah, I'll see you all down for hills. And then I'd get to, I'd get uh, a phone call on Saturday morning and Tommy would be like, I want you to come to the track before you come to, and you're not going to go to hills. And Tommy would make me do another workout. <laughs> I'd be like, I'll be like, Tommy, I want to just do hills. He's like, no, no, we're going to do a workout. So I'd be like, all right, Tommy. And I reckon Saturday morning sessions at Doncaster were the worst. They were yeah, so you, much harder if, than if any you, other workout. If you knew you weren't going to hills, you're in for something on a Saturday oh, morning. Always something. It was always a gut wrencher too. It was always yeah. something like, oh, oh, I'm going to keep it down. Um, <laughs> and then when I got to um, at Iowa Western, we were probably staying the same, but the intensity dropped off. Um, right. I actually got, I got worse at Iowa Western athletically. The first um, college you went to? Yeah, the first school I went to. I think the only thing that probably made me good there was the fact that it got me healthy again because the mileage was not as high and nor was the intensity. Um, okay. Because yeah, right. I, was, I was the big fish in the little pond kind of concept. Yeah. Like I was running the one, I was running the 100 all the way up to the 5K. Right, like it, okay. it was almost like district high school all over again. And you're like, you're like, right, yeah, right, we need yeah. you in every event. So um, now you specialize in certain events, but um, it was you're just, doing a lot there by the sounds of things. Yeah, you just did a lot because that's just what they wanted you to do. Now, like I specialize in coach. Coach was a phenomenal coach. Don't get me wrong, um, yep. but with a hundred hundred plus athletes, uh, you, I guess, you're more concerned about the masses than you are about the one or two. Um, yep. So. And I still love him to death. He, he still calls me every down again anyway. Um, yeah, good. But, um, and then when I got to Little Rock, the intensity ramped up, the mileage ramped up, and I was probably only doing about 65 miles a week. But I was okay. doing, oh gosh, I was doing weights two times a week. 
speed workout two times a week and then still doing the distance workouts two times a week and then a long run on Sunday, Saturday. So right. I was doing probably like three workouts or four workouts a week, five, like, and that's not including weights. Um, and it was just, then that was just what we did. It was just, honestly, it was just the requirements. Like we would do, I remember one day and coach still feels so bad about this. We, we were doing fly one fifties and he was just like, open them up, get into it. Just like, let loose and so i was just with the sprint group and we we're just hammering it and coach was like all right nate when you get done jump in the car and head to the creek because we're going to do like the distance crew's got a, a steady state run so it's about a six a six miler so what's that that's um that's 10k that's 10k and he's like but it's a steady state and so it was roughly about a 34 minute pace 35, 36 minute pace. Okay. okay. Like yeah. well, moving, but not like pretty quick. Not, still. Yeah. It's still pretty quick. And so I get there and like, he's like, you're just going to do a gen run. You're just going to do the 10 K out, but you're not going to actually hammer it. And, um, someone must've pissed him off in the bus or someone must've pissed him off. <laughs> Cause I get there and he's in a bad mood and he's just like, everyone's go like they just, they start going out like they go. And I'm like, Oh geez, someone really must've pissed him off. Um, and I just take off with the girls group and he's just cussing at me. He's just oh. like, what? The, yeah. He's just like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, go, go. Really? Like, oh, I had to chase after the boys. I ended up doing, ended up doing the 10 K at steady state after smashing sprint workout, like less than oh, 30 minutes geez. before <laughs> I get back and he's apologizing to me. He's like, Oh no, I'm sorry. He's like, I, I completely like forgot that you did the workout just now. Uh, that's oh. right, coach. I'm like, I'm going to take this weekend off. And that's cool. And he's like, he's like, yeah, it sounds like a good idea. So, yeah, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> but, um, but no, we used to, no, if we, you would have loved it. We used to smash workouts. I remember we did um, 10 by 300 with just like the jog hundred meter recovery. Bend. Yep. Yeah, just the bend. And uh, actually, no, it was directly across. Sorry. I'm yeah, right. Just go straight right. across. Traditional. And, um, yeah, traditional. <laughs> I was doing it with the, I was doing it with Damon Burns, one of the sprinters. He's about a 10 flat guy. And um, we do the first one in 40. And he's our, our, our coach is at maybe – we're doing it. Yeah, so he's at about the 200-meter mark. And he's just cussing it. We can hear him from all the – he's like, if I told you to come down here to do some sissy stuff, I would have never come. And we're like, well, how fast does he want? We're hitting in 38s for the rest of the day. <laughs> really? It's just like, and he's like, he was pumped. He was so excited. We're dying. We're just like, oh, oh. So, so, so hey, some really, really, really good workouts and some phenomenal training partners. Uh, I've, I had some monsters with me, but. Did you start again. a whole range of workouts? Yeah. Mm, mm. Did you start was, writing things down? Um, no. <laughs> the stupidity <laughs> of it. Uh, but it, it, the good thing is, is, one of my training partners, he was about a four or four miler. Um, he, he ended up being one of my training partners and, and took over the assistant coaching position. Um, he wrote everything down. So it's like one of those like, Hey man, can you send me everything? You just sent it to me straight away. So, um, but it's just crazy. Friends. Yeah. One of those friends, one of those uh, will powers, I guess is probably the way of saying it. Just like yeah, just wrote everything down. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, some people everything. do it. Some people do it. Some people don't, but um, yeah, that's it. So, to, to finish off your running career, I guess, so you finished mm. your four years competing. No, yeah. no, two years, sorry, an extra two. To yeah, be four three, in total. Yeah. Okay, three. Yeah. Um, so four in total, but three, yeah. Three at that school, at Little Rock. Okay, at Little right. Rock. Mm. And maybe we'll just touch on PBs while we're talking um, running. Now, 
this is a bit of funny story to this. Uh, I, I know you pretty well, Nath, but not, um, I didn't know you ran a, a 10.56 in 100 now. <laughs> I, I, I went in, um, like anyone does these days, World Athletics has got people's profiles and PBs. And I, I thought you were more an 8.15 guy, which, um, tell me the story about that. There seems to be another Nathan Carr. Now, we've had a similar story with uh, Nick Finch. He's had... Um, That's right. He's now a beer miler. I don't know if you know Yes, that. he's one of the best in the world. He is, exactly. <laughs> um, there's, there's a couple of him going around, and apparently he did, <laughs> it did a beer mile when he was under the age of 10, uh, according to World <laughs> Athletics. And ran a pretty good time. Ran yeah, a great time. Good time. Yeah. So maybe they need a bit of work. Shout out to World Athletics. But run us through that. There's two Nathan Cars. So funnily enough, there's a Nathan Carr in Queensland. He's a one 200-meter runner. Yeah. Um, he's, a, he's a little bit older than me. He's probably about a six, seven, maybe 10 years older than me, actually. Ten, ten years, um, actually, to the ten date. Year, right. Ten years to the date. Yeah. Um, and he's got the same birthday, I think. So that's what even makes it even funnier. Oh, oh really? Um, yeah, I think so. Um, and so his times and mine... Back when it was all athletics, the separate website, yep. um, we had our separated profiles, but a couple of my times would leach into his. And then obviously he paid attention, got them removed. But um, I took some <laughs> of his. I was like, yeah, give me, give me, that, <laughs> give me that 21.3 that you ran. I'll, I'll take that. I'll give, me, give me that 21.3. Um, but, but at the time, like it was, it was kind of just a little bit of a funny uh, hearsay, kind of like, oh, that's, that's funny that they got that. But then when um, the world one came out, I guess they merged his with like some of my, and I'm not going to lie. There's some of my bad times on there. Yeah. Like I'm pretty sure there's like a four flat 1500, just a jogging day, um, which funnily enough, there was some competitions where they just needed numbers. Yeah. And right. so you'd be like, you would have done a, a massive workout or a long run that day. And you're just like, like sometimes in Doncaster, you'd be like, we need someone to throw the javelin. It's like, I'll be that guy. <laughs> they're like, we need someone in the, to, to pay someone in the 15. I'll be like, I'll be that guy. But they're like, but you got to finish. I was like, I guess I'll have to be that guy. So, yeah. um, so most of always, that was at Harding university. I can, I can always tell that story, but um, yeah. So we, we have the great merge profile, which hey, it actually helped when um, I took my job at Arkansas state university. Cause um, everyone knew my, how fast I was on the distance side of things. Yeah. But whenever my um, sprint athletes try to give me grief, I'll be like, look me up. And so they'll <laughs> yeah. look me up and they're like, dude, Nate was a 10-5 guy. Like, what the heck? You're like, yeah. I'll be like, yeah, man, don't, don't mess with me. I'm no joke. 2104 um, too in the two. 20, yeah, exactly. 2104 like, is quick. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, don't, don't, don't mess with me, boys. Um, but some of them, some of them ring true. Um, PB wise um, off what a, I think I was about a 47, 400 guy. Yeah. Um, 151 indoor, 151 outdoor. I ran faster indoor than I did outdoor. You did. Um, I ran 1,500 a year. That was it. Wow. It was always like either a 353 or a 352. That would be it. <laughs> That'd be a season opener and a season closer. That'd be it. No, just one and done. Yeah, right. um, and then 10, uh, 8K in cross country was 2520. Yeah. And then my 10K was about 32 flat. So, no, solid. No. so solid, like for, for the range of an 800, as I thought I was, yeah. as I'm looking back now, I'm definitely a uh, 15, 5k guy, <laughs> but, uh, but look with perspective, but at the time, oh, I was, I was the furthest, fastest running distance for uh, 800 meter runner ever, except for Ryan Gregson, maybe, but like, <laughs> but, yeah. like yeah, but, but at the time, yeah, so it was good. So how did that hold, cause they're, look, they're, they're solid times. Um, how did that hold you? 
you know, in, in, so the NCAA, did they make the championships? Like what did you compete in? And just run so, us through the championship of NCAA. So essentially yeah. um, you compete at your conference championship, which is all the schools uh, in the conferences, probably about 10 to maybe 16 schools in that conference championship. So what, like, um, East, like NBA, East West kind of set up? Yeah, or? kind of, kind of, it's very similar to like, um, like based on areas and, about okay. the same, uh, what they call like mid majors, top power five, like different, different base schools, like the SEC, like SEC is a uh, Southeast conference. And then like okay. the, uh, the big 10 and the big 12, like the schools that compete in those, those schools. Um, so in that realm, what we call mid major. So like the middle level, yeah. um, I was fairly successful. Uh, I only lost once. Um, Jeez. and that was to, Oh, what's his name? Um, Moody or something like that. And he was a, he ended up being a 145, 400 meter runner. So I was like, ah, oh, I'll lose to him. Whoa. That's fine. He, Fair he, enough. he literally yeah. blew a kiss to me as he ran past me uh, our last race in, in college. Jeez. So, American um, thing. Yeah. yeah. So good Kenyan, good Kenyan. He just laughed at me. Um, but, uh, but so for, for that aspect, and as I mentioned earlier, we were, we were really solid distance program. Yeah. Um, we were going to be a great track program, but, we just never could keep the people healthy or get the numbers that we needed. So like that school compared to Iowa West and uh, Little Rock, we only had about 40 or 50 athletes and most of them were distance runners. Right. So it was just a different way we would compete in yep. like a conference championship. Um, and I never ran fast enough to make it to regionals or nationals. Cause again, in the back of my head, I had Tommy we were like just trying to win races. Don't chase time. Yeah. So, also, um, so what, if you won, your regions you're saying does that not get you into does not get you in you've got to run a, a qualifying time really so it's, it's yeah you've got to be in the top um you gotta have a qualifying time and then for nationals you've got to be in the top uh depending on your event i believe it's the top 25 to get so a when, spot yeah to get a spot because it's all so it goes conference and then you go into your region yeah um and then in track it's east and west and then they put the best i think 25 athletes or the best 15, depending on your event and then merge them together. And then right. that's how they do nationals. So and if you win nationals, does that make you an all American athlete? What is, what yes, is that? Correct. Right. So you got to finish in the, if you finish in the top, I believe eight, you're no, sorry. If you finish in the top four, you're an all American in the track. And then if you finish from fourth to eighth, I believe you're a second team all American. Right. Um, whereas in cross country, I believe if you finish in the top eight, you're considered a, First team All American, and then right. the top 16, second team All American. Right. So crazy. But yeah, it's no joke. It's, it's big money, too. It's big, 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 big money. Like so, that. how does that, in terms of your score, this is just, I'm interested to know, but mm. and, um, only tell it if you're comfortable with your scholarship. Do you need to, you know, you winning regions, they were happy with that, and that was your job to do to keep you kind of spot? Like, how does it, yeah. How Essentially, does it work? Yeah. Uh, it boiled down to how many points you score at conference. Okay. So coming first gets you 10 points. Second gets you uh, eight. Uh, third gets you six. And then five, four, three, two, one, all the way to eighth place. Um, and then uh, it's all about scoring as many points as possible at, uh, at conference. Um, the school I worked for just recently uh, at uh, Arkansas State, Coach Patchell, they're absolutely genius, Dr. Patchell. Um, he, he had a simple philosophy on scholarship is if you score points, you get scholarship. So if yeah, you score right. with three points, you get 30% scholarship. 
You score right. two points, you get 20% scholarship. One <laughs> right. point, you don't score points, no scholarship. Right, so, right. Okay. Um, so it was a very, and then granted, there was a, there was a few exceptions to that rule. Like some internationals yep. deserve a, a full ride because it's very expensive to come to America. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as long as they perform over the four years, the investment's not too shabby. Because that's okay. the thing, it's an investment. Yeah, the, you, pretty, you, are, you are a product of the school. It's pretty so, strange. Like hearing Matt talk about it in the last episode as well, he, he stressed that it's you almost like owned by the school and you had to work for them, you know? It's mm, not like mm-hmm. you're just there studying and running and hanging out. You're actually, you know. Uh, because it's it's more, because like I mentioned, they're investing in on you. So yeah. um, it, the results requirements, how you proceed in the, the community, what you look like. Um, what your grades are academics yeah, right. is a massive because it's student athletes so if you mess up in your academics then like so how did that how did that yeah, go right. then with uh, from a guy that was not going to go to year 11 and 12 yeah to, and that's that's a little bit similar <laughs> um that's a little bit similar to my story too I, I wasn't really keen on on um finishing but a scholarship came up with me too which is which is like you but do you 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 went all right in the academic side of things only enough, I got to America and it clicked. So right. it funny just, though. It, um, I think maybe it was just more. Uh, you have to make the choice. Which you choose, like, cause yeah. like high school, you 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 go to school. So you don't know if you got to pay attention enough. Whereas college, you have to go to class. Like, and you got to yeah. pay yep. attention. And like, yep. there's no one there to help you. Um, well, there are. That's a lie. But um, it's a little bit more on you. And and if you lose your scholarship because you don't pass your classes. Like the coach is like, that's not on me. That's that's your job. Like, yeah. your your job is to pass your classes and right. do well. So, so if you don't if you don't hit your grade requirements, your scholarship's gone. Hundred percent. Yep. Well, and so that's right. where that's where what I was doing for the last six years at Arkansas State University, I was an academic, I was an athletic academic coordinator for the athletic department. So my job was to make sure no student athlete failed out of school. Right. Yeah. So and it was tough. <laughs> yeah right so you're yeah, some, are you going so what what do you what do you what do you mean are you, you going in and sort of checking in making sure they're like doing their homework doing their assignments doing that sort of stuff proofreading their papers making sure they're doing it if right. they miss something contacting so no, the professor, no, no, like no. everything you're 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 an academic now yeah you're, you're yeah exactly a, you're a full-on academic <laughs> from a chippy to an academic exactly Times have changed. <laughs> you're Funny. a new man that's crazy. People would be rolling over in their graves if they knew this. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, so, it's funny how it works out though, mate. You've come, you're not a full circle, well, almost, but you've really, it's, it's, it's left you over there for 12 years. You know, it's, yeah. you've made a, a, a fair go of it and you've ended up, you know, getting a job too. Um, Boris, yes. you were about to say something, but um, yeah, well, my I, next question. My, my question is the, when you go over there and you study in uni, you major it's not like here where you major in something and all your subjects are revolve around whatever your major is here. Mm-hmm. You have to still do your basic English, math, science. Correct. Yes. Right? So the way that it works out is uh, when you're recruited to the university, you'll essentially you'll come in and, and most students don't know what they want to do, which is fair enough. They're 18 years old. No one really knows what they want to do. And the great thing about America is they kind of realize that, that not everyone has the academics and maybe not even the background or, I guess the structure from high school to make sure they could be successful in either engineering or teaching or nursing or even criminology. Yeah. 
Um, so what they do is the first two years is generally known as your general education requirement classes where you do English, math and sciences, a couple of social sciences. So that's like your histories, your, your geographies, your psychologies, sociologies, and then you do some art classes right. like music and you do a philosophy based class or a world literature class. Um, so essentially right. a class is made up of three hours. So an English, English one is a three credit hour class and you do roughly 38 hours of that. So sciences are normally worth four. So you do two sciences. It's a, it's a bit of a process. So, but a degree is made up of one to right. 120 contact hours or credit hours or seed hours, however you want to call it. Um, and 30, again, 38 of them make up the general education requirement. And so the remaining portion of the degree is the major what they call major requirements. So depending on your degree, you have set major requirements that have strict you've got to pass XYZ classes in order to progress in the degree. Engineering is a, yeah. and nursing is a great example of that uh, and teaching. Um, whereas let's say uh, communications or sales or uh, criminology degree, it's like, you just got to complete them before you graduate. You've just got to complete the XYZ amount of hours right. before you get done. Um, so what we normally do is a full-time based on NCA rules, a full-time student is 12 hours. So four classes. Um, normally what we do is we put them in five, so 15 hours. So then if they need to drop a class, uh, they can just in case they were failing or it wasn't going successfully or something came up. Um, because if you fall below full-time enrollment, which is if you fall below 12 hours, you are listed as ineligible based on academics. So you are unable to practice, compete or train with the team because you fell below the education requirements. So, um, and that's where, and the easiest way for you to get removed from a class is not showing up. Mm, so if you don't right. show up, the teacher can drop you like that. So, um, and do, they, and so do that, they generally like doing that? Do the teachers usually just would say, Oh, you haven't turned up. You're out of here. Pretty much like, um, yeah, right. Yes. And no, like, uh, depending on the teacher, we, we generally, when we were revising students to take classes, we generally put them in teachers that, uh, we'd worked with previously that um, knew the ins and outs of athletics. Uh, if they're traveling for the university uh, representing the school as an athlete, uh, they do get an excused absence, but that doesn't mean that they, we don't excuse them for not waking up and going to class. So, um, yeah. so you yeah. generally build their scholarship based on, let's say Nate's a very, he's a morning person. So I'll load him up with morning classes. Off. Yeah. So let's yeah. Say, so if you're not, yeah. I would I would try and put you as much in the afternoon as I could for class without yeah, conflicting okay. with practice. Right. But so the then you is, you'll go and allocate the timetable and everything. Everything. Or help them. Right. Yeah. So from classes to study hall hours to and practices roughly from two p.m. to about five p.m. is actual practice. Okay. Right. Um, and then from about five thirty to about six thirty is weights. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then they're required to go to a meal right after that. So, so did you, um, you didn't, obviously you didn't fail and you got through the first three or four mm. years. Okay. In the system yeah, with training fine. and, and mm. doing it all. Mm-hmm. Did you have that support? I guess when you were going through it, did you have a coordinator as well? No. So no. <laughs> we had a, we had a guy at, at Little Rock, but he was, um, so certain schools have tried, sports so like football or basketball or baseball like the ones that make the money for the school yeah um and at little rock it was baseball and basketball 
but very much through basketball. So a lot of his efforts were put into the basketball team. Okay. Um, which, and again, I'm not to hope this doesn't offend anyone. Most of them are first generation, uh, first time in college, uh, low socioeconomic. Uh, so they're not used to, or have, do not have the educational background and structure previously. They've just been pushed through the system. Yeah, now okay. that's not all of them. Some of them are some of the smartest students I've ever met ever. Yeah. Um, but also basketball practice goes for about six hours. So, yeah, okay. <laughs> so right. like, cause they spread it out based on like shoot arounds and drills and then oh, anyway. So, yeah. um, so when I went and took the job, I was like, I'm going to be everything that that wasn't like. So I was okay. all hands on and I was always calling yeah. kids and I was calling parents if I couldn't call a kid. So uh, that- and I was going to practice and pulling a kid from practice if he didn't go to class. Like I was, and I was yeah, dragging wow. him to the teacher's office. I was, yeah. yes. Good so stuff. that that was, I mean, you, you've half answered the question. So you finished at at uni at Little Arkansas, Little Rock. So yeah, yeah, Little Rock. Yep. Then did you go for the job? At, at how did it work? And and did you want to have a job? Did you search for a coordinator role? Is that something you felt like you wanted to do, or how did it fall about? Well, it kind of. So how it happened was, I finished my bachelor's degree, and um, the coach was like, "Hey, uh, what's your plans moving forward?" And I was like, "Honestly, I don't know." Uh, he's like, would you like to be one of my assistant coaches and you can pursue your master's and you can do two years of doing your master's and get some coaching experience. Oh yeah. And I was like, I was like, sounds great. And he's like, and we, I'll still train you in this and that and that and this. And I was like, sounds great. Um, and then racing in America as a pro athlete, I hated it. I really did hate it. Like the whole concept of racing for money. Um, I didn't okay. like that whatsoever. So did you, um, turn, you, did you turn pro or you were technically? Yeah. Right, so right. I ran one race and I was like, not for me. So okay. it was Fair a, enough. it was a, it was one, it was a mile race. And I was just like, no, nah, I'm not, I don't like it whatsoever. Um, oh, okay. So, uh, and so I, I started coaching. I started with the women's program. I helped with the women's cause I was like, I know men I've been doing men. I'm, I'm a male. I can do yeah. workouts like crazy. This is easy. Um, and then, so I was like, but I needed no women's scene. So I got all the actual injured athletes. And so I've got these, crazy pool workouts that Tommy would help me like Tommy was uh helping me write and then Tommy passed actually when I was in my uh first semester first year in grad school so um and I couldn't make the trip back because of finances so that was unfortunate um so it was a bit bit sad and a bit of a and um, yeah it's a shitty situation excuse my language um but um yeah, so kind of like delved in deep for the coaching role because I was just like, all right, well, someone that massively impacted me, surely he found yeah. joy out of it. So let's see where I can find my joy. And I loved coaching. It was, it was probably some of the best things I ever did, uh, especially learning on like the female front on how to coach uh, females. Um, and then I was finishing up my master's and one of the old coaches who was a, who ended up being like an assistant director in the academics and uh, compliance later on, which is another form in athletics department, took a job at University of Arkansas, uh, Arkansas State University. Okay. And she was like, hey, I want to bring in someone I trust. And everyone was like, well, why don't you bring in Nath? Like, he'll try like, it's Australians, they're stupid. We're too, uh, we're too honorable people. We'll do it. Uh, we'll do it. Yeah. We, we, we follow people with, we're too trustworthy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, um, and we won't throw you under the bus as long as you love us. Um, we're, we're like yeah. dogs. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, so followed her up there. Um, and that was January, 2015. And that was, that was, yeah. And I finished up a week ago. So, yeah. And so, yeah. 
And did they have, and as you said, you've touched on what you did for the, mm. for the role. I mean, it obviously, it worked for five or six years. You, you obviously loved it. Yeah, loved it. So I worked with, um, so under, under that position, I worked with Dr. Abby Wilson, um, who was the director of student uh, academic services. Um, and then with co-worker with Ms. Shaq Renalik, Broderick Johnson. And then there was a bit of turnover with Ms. Crimson Dover and Kate Whitaker. And then finally Ms. Natalie Karasina. So that role, one person, they just kept switching out that one person. Um, right. But with the five of us, we ran the entire athletic department's academics. So from the football team, baseball, basketball, all 16 sports. So oh, two well, of them well. did, two of them did football because football needs a little bit more love. Um, and then my boss did the basketball team and then myself and the other, the, the female uh, role that, that kept switching out, we would do all the other sports. So oh. I had the men's and women's track team, men's and women's cross country, men's and women's golf, soccer. So about a hundred and, 180, 170 student athletes and doing all aspects of their life from, from the day they stepped on campus, not knowing how to log into the computer to the day that they helped fill out their graduation form and get their cap and gown. Like it was, it was everything. So, and then some obviously need a little bit more love than others. Some that you have to like tell them when everything's due and how to submit Simon's correctly. And others, you just have to go, okay, this is where you go pay that fine you'll be fine yeah, so, yeah. and did you yeah, come right. out of did you come out what did you come out with in your master's and your degree i guess now you're back in 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 melbourne oh sorry sydney's but <laughs> what um what did you have was it in masters in teaching or what uh masters in sports management and marketing so okay. not even teaching um but my undergrad was in uh exercise science with a minor studies in human resource management so a lot of okay personal based stuff so but i loved it it was very very rewarding very stressful though oh it sounds very, like very it. stressful yeah so because i had some freak athletes we had um one of our best athletes jalen bacon uh he held the world fastest time for like a year with like a nine nine five i think in the hundred right. so yeah. like when he when he walks in your office and the coach is like if we lose him you lose your job. <laughs> like, All right, coach, I got it. Don't worry about him. Yeah. Yeah. Jalen's a good student. I don't have to stress that much. But then he knew that. And so he'd be coming in just be like, ah, oh, Nate, I'm not going to go to class for a couple of weeks. I don't care. And like full knowing he's going, but like he, he just, he just pulled my chain. He just pulled yeah. my chain. So. <laughs> so. Jeez. And um, so that was, that's interesting how it's, because that's what happens. I feel there's a few people that have gone to college and it only obviously lasts for so long. That sometimes they try and hang on to you, do a master's and we'll keep doing this. You've ended up getting really, really good experience that hopefully is going to hold you in good stead with whatever you do next year. Yeah, that's the plan. Hopefully um, it works out. If, if anything, uh, I can definitely help future student, uh, future, well, I guess, student athletes that have an interest or prospect student athletes have an interest of going over stateside. Yeah. Because yeah. it, it is a bit of a daunting process because there's so many schools over there. There's so many great schools. Um, and then what might be a good school for uh, distance running is a terrible one for sprints and sprint hurdles. Okay. I guess okay. um, Bree, Bree would be a great example. Bree went to the same school as I did at, at Little Rock. Yep. Um, and it was a phenomenal experience for me, but Bree, Bree hated it. <laughs> I'm yeah. pretty sure she'll, she'll testify yeah. to that. But, um, and again, it's, it's not for everyone because it's, it's very competition-based and it's yep. very hard and it's very demanding. Um, but gosh, it's produced so many monster athletes like Dave McNeil is no joke. Like yep. Ben Ashkettle is no joke. 
Matty Johnson's no joke. Like uh, Spargo, Spargo went over for even he's the shortest time, and he's still yeah. there. Yeah, oh, there you go. So, so, so he loves he's it end, just as much. As, <laughs> yeah, he's ended up yeah, doing right. his physio um, over there. So I think oh, um, brilliant. He's he's set up his own business, and um, we should we should get him on actually. Um, yeah, he's not coming back. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> <But> he it, might. <laughs> he's not coming back. Uh, but but no. again, like it's just more. It's it, but it can be ruthless. It is hard. There's a lot of expectations and stuff. So you need that mindset, and that's where the whole recruiting process is. You can't. It's not that you shouldn't trust other people about where you should go based on their experience because what it was for that one person is definitely not what it's going to be for you. Okay. And so that's where you're allowed to take five visits and you're allowed to, um, we flew over international students to come see schools. So if schools say, Oh, we we can't afford it, then don't go to them because obviously they don't want you that badly. So, um, but like there's a process, like you can go over um, and see schools like visit, like, we would, the way that we would do it, we would queue up three other schools that this student would be going to go see. Like, let's say Nate down, Nate's going to go see um, Arkansas, Texas, and the University of Tennessee. So all of you would pay like a fraction of the flight. So not all of you are just paying for the okay, one. Yeah. You just pay right. for a little bit so you can bring them over. So, but it's That's all about good. like contacting, contacting coaches. There's every school has their website and on the website they have like, and a sporting website. So let's say athletics track and field, and then they'll have a recruiting questionnaire. And on the recruiting questionnaire, it'll give like a summary of what required to get a scholarship. Like Got these are the, the set times that you should at least be able to run yeah. and you might get a scholarship. And then, so generally you look at those schools and go, okay, that's a, maybe I might get a scholarship. So if you're not even close to them, you're probably not going to get a scholarship at that school. Yeah, Whereas yeah. like you like look at another right. school and you're like, Oh, I'd get a full ride from this school. Cause I'm 20 seconds faster than the minimum time that they want. Or like, like, so you go, okay, maybe I should reach out to that school. And then you send them a, an email or you fill in a recruiting questionnaire, which is always on a website. And that's like the easiest way to start that whole contact process for someone that may be interested in going over. So sending a, so, so right. that's off your own bat though. Like, is there anyone in, in Australia that, I mean, would provide that direction and expertise or is mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. There is, there's, yeah. um, there's a couple of professional uh, recruiting agencies uh, in Australia. One's uh, I believe it's like Australians to America or Australians. That would make sense. Something like that. Yeah, Athlete, like or that. Athletes, athletes to America. I think it's something like that. And then there's okay. another one called um, uh, world scouting report. And that okay. one's more of like a, they just try and get as many athletes as they can and, and get them over um but there's there's plenty of ways to to get over there probably something i should make a company and and start helping kids over but um but that's that's the other thing too is there is a there's a lot more to it than just sending your email to the coach because you've got to have the grades from high school so if you don't have the grades in high school you can't go to a division one school straight away and that's where like division those are Junior colleges, those two-year schools are great because they don't have those okay. GPA requirements. They're just like, come on, let's go. Yeah. You run? yeah, sure, come on. I, I need another guy. Come on, let's go. So, yeah, right. um, so they're more likely to take a gamble. Um, and so that's where you really got to be. They look at your grades all the way from year nine to 12, so four years. Oh, shit, I'd be up and the so, creek, I think. Yeah, I didn't have a good, I think, honestly, I didn't have honestly, a good year yeah. nine. No, I don't think, I think that's probably what screwed me over. I don't reckon I would have been, if nowadays the new rules, I don't think I would have had a chance of going over. Not a, not a, not a chance in heck. Yeah. So, you really got to be, cause it's not like the, the Victorian system where it's just 
11 years 11 and 12 and then mm. you know you get into uni you've got to be switched yeah. on to this pretty early who, who, be... yeah exactly yes you do, and who honestly. in year nine's thinking you know what i'm going to go run in college i better get my grades together so i can get into mm. a good college in the states you know well, like that's not not even that because you've got to do a set classes as well out of high school you've got to do right. a minimum minimum uh... another english is math and sciences so if, if you got to year 10 and went i don't want to do sciences anymore or math and you just don't pick them yeah. You would, yeah. you would never meet the requirements. So that's where it's right. like. So is it too much? Uh, that's a lot of pressure though, isn't it? Because mm. you might not be, and there's, there's a lot of people out there. Some people are academically driven. Some people just simply aren't. And they, and they look to, to sport as a sort of an outlet. Um, 100%. But, but it sounds as though, yeah, you got to do both. I mean, I was, yeah, I was never great at school. And, and luckily I ended up going to Kerry, which they didn't um, put her, a, st a standard academically so i thought that that's going to um suit me but i know melbourne grammar did um mm. and you went to melbourne Grammar, and, and they had to set it um and if you didn't get your grades or you didn't do and that just sort of put me off i just thought that's not an added pressure i need um yeah. but it sounds as though going forward now you just got to have it you've got to be good academically well that's and that's where the position that i held that's where that was so important because um a lot of a lot of that pressure of students buckled with that. We actually have um, yeah. we end up hiring and, and putting in place a, a counselling psychologist, a sports counselling psychologist at our university. Right, right. Thinking that um, thinking that oh no students are going to go see her, like they're like no way. Within the first week, she was fully booked for three months. Wow. So because right. there was so much um, athletic, academic, and personal stress that these students are going through because um, the coaches don't really pile it on they do but parents pile it on i, I was piling it on with their academics like it was there's yeah. a lot on them but but again we're also there to like help them out like i, I guess as programs... long as the help as long as the help's there yeah. i mean it seems daunting but i guess in summary for you like in well thinking back on it you needed you were comfortable enough to take the jump and go no nah, bugger it i'll be right academically to do it you were obviously yeah. confident enough yeah yeah, and see. that's and that's where like things that I would put in place for some of my not like not so strong students, like I would write down or we would write down everything they had to do for that week, and then they would just come and do that, and then mm. they'd be done. And so, like, yeah. imagine coming every every Sunday, you get an email with like, uh, Boris, here's everything you have to do for the week. Once you get it done, and you have to come to our building, and we have to sign off that you did it, and you have to get it done yeah. within a time. Like, yeah. it takes away a lot of that academic stress because you're like, well, you have to come in at least three times a week. So that's three hours that you just have to do the graded assignments. Yeah. Like you're going to have to study on your own, but the stuff that's graded for grades, you need to come in and at least finish with us. And so like, they're like, some hate it, some love it. Some are like, they want the structure. Other, others do it and do it so well that they don't have to be in that study hall system. So yeah, like, they're like, they're like, it's one and done, right? I'll be like, yeah, you met the GPA requirement, the grade average requirement. You don't have to be in it anymore. They're like, oh, thank yeah. gosh. Right, okay. See you, I'm done. You'll never see me again. <laughs> like, I'll see you again. You guys always come back. So, right. <laughs> so you, you, who would you, I mean, in terms of advice to aspiring people thinking college might be a good idea. And I think from this podcast, they're going to get a really good insight already, but what would you just be mindful of if you were sort of looking? Uh, coming out of high school into America, the biggest advice I can give you is just be open to the fact that you may not be going to the dream school that you want to straight away. Yeah. 
Um, you can always transfer schools. You can always leave one school and go to another one and not be penalized for it. Um, the biggest thing is, is there's so many great coaches over there. There's so many great schools over there, but they may not have the Northern Arizona or the university of Arkansas or the University of Florida or Villanova title to their name, like with their background. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, and, and the kids that go there, like Jessica Hull, she's a monster. Yeah. Like she's a 4-0 what? She's a 4-0-4, 1500 meter yeah, runner yeah. female. Like yeah. that's the quality. Well, they want at, yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> the quality they want at those schools. Okay. So right. now, does that mean the University of uh, Oregon University at, I don't know, UG, uh, like at another school, like version in Oregon, like kind of version, like I went to, I went to the University of Arkansas at Little Rock. So we were like okay. a, a, a sister school at the University of Arkansas. Like that's no joke right. school either. Yeah. Um, like still a phenomenal school, still a great, it was perfect for me. So, yeah. um, so don't be, don't turn your nose up on a school that actually may be a phenomenal opportunity for you. Yeah. Um, but just be aware that there are a lot of them. Look at where you want to live. Do you like snow? <laughs> don't, <laughs> yeah. don't go north. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Um, like just things like that. It's just, just be open to the whole process. If you want to do it, it's something that you should at least start thinking about now. Like it's never too late. Technically you can still go over after a year after you graduate. Okay. So you could go over as like a, um, I guess what, if you graduated in this year in December, 2020, you could technically still go over in august 22 so right you've got a little bit of time so that's the other thing too is there's steps and processes and rules and waivers that they can fill in to bring you over if you really want to go over so don't if it doesn't work out in australia don't be like well my running career is over be like no like there's there's opportunities or if you want to be like hey i want to have a crack at it then go have a crack at it like it's it's gonna be go and ask no sorry mate no, I was just going to say, so I'm a bit long in the tooth then. I can, I, I can probably can't, being almost 30. <laughs> no, yeah, you, there. there's, there's a certain <laughs> yeah. So you essentially, what the rule is, you have five years to compete for uh, four years. Right. So if oh, you don't yep. come, does yeah, that yeah, make yeah. sense? So if you don't come yeah. over the first year, you essentially just ate one of your years of eligibility, as they yeah. say. But if you went to school at uni and you, can, you went to uni for a year, you could still go. Like, let's say you went to Swinburne and you're just like, ah, oh, it didn't work out at Swinburne. You could transfer after being one year at Swinburne to a school in right. Erica. And you would have four years of racing. Correct. Yeah, right. So college, college was a big yes for you. I mean, there's people that it just didn't work out and, and there's yeah, a lot of reasons for everything, but it was a big yes for you. Massive yes for me. Um, it was probably the best, one of the best decisions I ever made. Um, for sure, Melbourne Grab going to Melbourne Grammar, coming down to the club were other yep. massive yes decisions in my life that I, I made the biggest impact in my life forever. Like will always make yeah. the biggest impact in my life because the decision to come down to Doncaster and train under Tommy was the reason that I got into Grammar, and then because of Grammar, I got into America, and because I got into America, I got all my degrees. Does that make sense? So it's it's yeah. funny how the yeah. one little small impact makes the biggest decision, and it all revolves around a five foot three 
Irishman. <laughs> the strongest, <laughs> strongest shaking hand in the in the history of the world. So, but, uh, <laughs> but um, and that's and that's like people talk about the legacy of Tommy. It and it's it's more than just what he did at the club. It was the impact he had on people's lives after the fact. Yeah. And then, um, and I know there's been a lot of people that have been touched by him, and a lot of people that didn't have the opportunity to meet him. But you still are trained by the people that he was, that he trained mm-hmm. and obviously they're impacting uh, those future athletes now. So it's, it's the legacy impact. I love it. So oh, I'm definitely coming back to Doncaster. So. Mate, and it's still there. It's, um, it's definitely there. And it, it's great to, to hear that um, that time back in 2005 and six for you was pivotal to your life and it's sort of made you who you are today. So mm. that's great. Um, on that too, uh, last two questions was the uh, favorite session at the club. Um, mm. and um, we, we've got our 50th next year, which I was going to ask if you could fly back from the States, but, mate, you might be about. I will be here. Hopefully, might be a mate, bit of a shorter trip than you think. You might yeah, exactly. Uh, if I, if I'm, uh, hopefully, I'll be in shape by then, so we could, uh, I'll, be, I'll be able to run something for the 50th, not, not just uh, struggling to put a Doncaster uniform on. Uh, yeah, no, that'd, but, be, that'd be great. But uh, favourite workout. So I, I was actually thinking about this the entire time, uh, when you asked me, when you gave me the questions earlier. Yeah. Um, and the fact, like, Sebco is always going to be like, like classic. Pinnacle, we haven't heard classic. that, Boris. We haven't heard that one, have we? Haven't yeah, we heard that? Yeah. No. Is it? Oh, the, no, would, it's, it's not. <laughs> I would think what made it more fun or funny with, with the Sebco is um, every year I came back from the States. Yeah. So, so when I, before I left doing Sebco with Patty and, and Leighton and, and um, Murley and Dave. And, yeah. and that was like the one workout that I actually could decently beat the boys. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> like the one thing I was like, I've got turnover. I can hang on to this. <laughs> um, and then, and then I went over to the States and I came back and that was when Nate, Nate, Will Power, Patrick Forno, Eddie were like, you guys were in 11th grade. So you guys were yeah. starting to turn over. And all of a sudden yeah, I'm like, and Tommy would be like, oh, Nate, you're in charge. Nate, you're in charge of the workout. And I'm like, me? No, no, I'm not in charge of the workout. Tommy, like, not a, not a chance. Like, and he'd be like, no, 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 no. You can pick the workout. And, like, you boys would be like, go, go, go. Do co. And we'd be like, all right, we're going to do Sebco. <laughs> um, and so we'd do that. And then I'd go, I'd go back to America and then come back again. And you're, you're in 12th grade. And you're, you're almost at the peak of your, your best. You're an Eddie. And I'm like, yeah. crap, I was in front of these boys. Now I'm going to actually work out really hard. <laughs> to stay in front of them um and every year like little little charlie or not so little charlie charlie and uh yeah. dibba and finchie and redding and even yeah. the girls even in cars and yeah Pozo and all of them it was like co would be like 30 40 50 people doing yeah yeah doing sevy and the funniest would be you boys just cheating on it oh out of cozo was probably the biggest cheat ever cozo would be like wait for me wait for me wait for me and then he'd, oh, he'd, he'd, he'd jump in like three meters beforehand and just take off on everyone. <laughs> and then uh, Reber, I don't mean to throw you on the bus. Reber, I don't think I've ever seen him finish the coat. He'd always do oh, his no, the hammy usually pulls. The hammy usually uh, always uh, come out um, That's twinged a few times for Reber, unfortunately. The, the top yeah, of the hamstring. Uh, <laughs> but, um, but I would say... You actually, most... on him, on him, because he is a keen mm. listener. So shout out to Roscoe. He, he hasn't... Um, he's been jogging. He's fit. He's always fit. But try and get him back to the club. You're, you're going to be coming back down. Get him... Triple R will come back down. The get him, bar. He'll come get him back down. down. So, but I would say probably the most memorable workout, because it was probably the hardest one we ever did, was we did... 
200 on, 200 off. And this was with this was when Dave was in first Commonwealth game shape. Okay. Um, and it was just so we were all in crazy good shape. Benny, Benny and Dave were just coming back from America one of those times. I'd yet to go over. And Matty J and myself, Paddy Gags had just before Gags left for the Vatic um, to do yep. the seminary. Yep. Um, Matt Carr was in, my brother was in great shape. All the boys were like stupid good shape. We were just yeah. in flying good shape. Um, and it was, so it was 200 on, 200 off. But the 200 on, the off had to be within 10 seconds of your on. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, so we've, done, 30, we've done 400s like that recently. Yeah, we've done yeah. the quarters like that. But yeah. this was so 200. No, so it was it was probably the four hundred. So it probably was four hundred. So if you hit your two hundred in, in thirty, your off was forty. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. So if you're so, running if you ran a forty if you ran a forty four hundred, you had to run a thirty two hundred. Yeah. So like yeah. the markers. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so hold on, like, hold on. Are, are we are you doing what was the rep? Two hundred or a four hundred? I think it was a four hundred. But like yeah, with two hundred off. The, the classic two, the classic quarter session, yeah. Yeah, but the, the on was 200 of it. And the, like it was continuous workout. It never stopped. It just kept going. Oh, yeah. No, sorry, uh, Boris. It's probably, they're, they're all similar. This is their oh, okay. four, their laps. Is, the nine yeah, lapper, laps. yeah? Isn't it the yeah, nine lapper? It's a one lap. It's a, yeah. But it would be, it'd be forever. It would be as long as you could hold on for. Yeah. Okay. Right. And so, yeah. and Tommy would be like, be like, Tommy, how many do you want to do? And then he'd just walk away. And we're like, well, how many does he want us to do? Yeah. And like Tommy, Tommy wouldn't say much. So when he did say something to you, you'd like you paid attention to it because yes. you like the man yeah. was very didn't say right. much. Um, and so we're doing it, and Dave's just smashing it. Like he's probably he's making it look so easy. Benny, Benny's smashing it. All the boys are smashing it, and like Matty J and I are like, we got this. Yeah. And I reckon I made maybe maybe eight laps and i was like i'm done <laughs> yeah. I'm, not, I'm done done no i reckon maybe six laps i did i was struggling tommy's just laughing so 30 like, on and 40 off like essentially yeah 70s so you're just doing 70s which like 70s, everyone's like 70s is, is yeah like, which is hot like it's moving it's not slow no it's not slow but it's continuous yeah, you don't yeah. It's, it's it's a not yeah. it's a steady state and until you just can't do it anymore and he'd make you yeah. stop the minute you couldn't do it and so he's just laughing. And the only other time I saw Tommy laughing was whenever he'd help people figure out what foot was their lead leg. Oh, <laughs> and yeah. like, so Tom, Tommy would be, would be like, put your feet together. All right. Lean forward a little bit. And then he just shove you. And then you're like, you're like yeah. that's your lead leg. And whatever leg you landed on, he's like, that's your lead leg. That's your, that's your strong leg. Whatever leg you so land on. That's your, that. That'd be like, and so you just see Tommy. I reckon he found the most joy just pushing kids over <laughs> just to see who went over the blocks. Um, but uh, yeah, so that was that was definitely. And then Saturday morning workouts that you yep. just like you're like, oh, we got hills, and you're like, no, we don't have hills, and you're like, dang it, yeah, <laughs> at the track, at the track. So I remember, um, I remember one of the sessions. It was a Saturday morning. It was four four hundreds on four minutes, um, yeah. in pretty much as quick as you can go. And I remember oh. doing, I remember the last, I think we we're probably doing, they're all sub 60. We we're sort of 55, 56-ish kind of mm. pace. And on the last one, I finished whatever I did and I was on the floor and I was, I was about to uh, throw up the breakfast and Tommy was there, <laughs> get up, get up, get up, laddie, get up. I said, I can't, I don't, I can't get up. And if I get up now, there'll be trouble. And he just grabs me and tries to pick me up. And, <laughs> and you know what happened? The, uh, yeah, exactly. The wheat bix uh, flew out. But uh, yeah. oh god, those sessions. It's, I think anything Saturday morning was. Uh, it was just rough. Rough. Yeah. 
Even but Hills the, was rough too. Even Hills was rough, yeah. And that was the, that was the other thing. The group was the, during that time was just so stout, um, up and down from the young age group to the seniors. It was Doncaster was just monstrous. We really were, and it was well, just it was awesome. It really well, was awesome. We're trying to, as you said, you even mentioned Charlie uh, Thompson that he was. Oh, I mean, I remember when he first came. to to the club he was trying to do some Sebco 10 or 12 years old he was and now he's 21 22 playing footy now and um mm. I guess and I'm back down to the track as well with Boris at the moment and we've got some young ones coming through which is good but I guess that's probably what the club tries to do and, it, and it, it's happened over the years you know yeah you've got the older crew but you've got the younger crew but it's about working it together and being out of that's your right. depth but being mm-hmm. all the team I guess together puts us uh puts us in yeah. good stead I guess a hundred percent. And that's, and that, yeah, oh, no, hundred percent. And that's, I guess, similar mentality as what's America has, like what they want from you, but ramp it up like to yeah. volume 11 on like yeah, okay. the requirements to be successful. Cause it is, yeah. it is a fraternity, like the, the guys that you, and it is like, it is a family. They ramp yes. that really hard. Like you are, this is your family that you graduate with. Yeah. Um, Cause a lot of, like the athletic director at Arkansas State University, Terry Mahajo, he's a big, um, very inspirational guy. He, he talks about like when you go through life, you have a, a start date and an end date. And he's like, and then you've got that dash in between. He just goes, he's like, your time here at Arkansas State will be from this date to that date. He's like, what did you do between your dash? Mm. He's like, did you try and make the most of it or did you blame everyone else to be successful or did you wake up early and do this? Did you go to bed late and study for this? Did you like, he's like, be like, make your gash, make, make the dash your thing. Like, what yeah. did you do for your dash? Like, it's like, he's, he's a very inspirational person, but that's, that's the whole concept is that's what I loved about Doncaster. That's why it was no brainer when I was like, I'm coming back. Even when, um, after Tommy passed and cause I remember when Tommy would, uh, would say if, cause I lived out, past Croydon right. so it wasn't like a quick quick trip to Doncaster um he'd be like oh if you if you get stuck go to go to Knox and go train with Richie at Knox yeah Richie Huggins, um yeah. Richie Huggins at Knox he's like because they were really close friends um yeah. and very similar training groups because at the time it was um who was over there at the uh, time Wisely was over there Wisely was over there came Shawnee Williams uh yeah. Kane Willie all those boys so still a really stout group at Knox yeah. um Matt Bailey um and so he was like go train with them and like love that group love those boys like they're the best love love Knox love Boxy love all those crowds yeah. um but it just didn't fit like it just didn't and so I know like and talking to other boys it's just like it's Doncaster's like the golden green right can't get away well, golden it. green and <laughs> we've got to keep we've got to keep building that and um and look I think we do as I said to to finish on the 50th next year um I've been around sort of 15 years, probably a little bit longer, but um, I'd like to be around for a fair few more. So the club's had a lot of history coming out the 50 years. So um, it'd be great. We're going to try and get together sort of late next year and, and hopefully get you down racing before then. I know. Uh, fingers crossed. We've got to lose some weight and get back into shape. It's been six years since I've uh, put some spikes. Uh, yeah. Put some spikes on. Really? Yeah. That's so, all right. As long as some, you're back. Put some bigger. Big chunky shoes on. Put some next. Percent no, on never, never would I ever wear some hokers. Not a chance in the world. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'd, I'm the I'm the stupid one that'd be wearing the uh, sprint spikes at cross country races just to prove a point. So, but, no. So again, at the end of the day, it's um I'm very glad to be back coming home. I'm I'm excited that you reached out and wanted to talk about uh, 
just my experience at Doncaster, Nathan, and yeah. Boris, I really do appreciate you because it was a massive impact on my life. And, and I know how much um, what a club can actually do to someone is, is yeah, it's phenomenal. And I hope that uh, the few listeners that do pay attention actually can, can get a hold of that. It's just like yeah. uh, how much one decision about coming down to a club can make a massive difference in someone's life. So get, a, get amongst Definitely. it. Get no, that's the, it's pleasing to hear, mate. And that's really good um, from behalf of the club, mate. Thank you. And, and, and thanks for coming on to tonight to talk shop. And it'd be great to see you down in the club soon. No, pleasure. And again, mate, if, uh, yeah, no, absolute pleasure. I'll talk to you boys soon. Once oh, I got out of ISO, a couple more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> take Thanks it easy. Thanks for tuning in. I mean, you, you had a busy schedule here in the uh, in the hotel room in Sydney, so yeah, oh, that's it. Thanks for tuning it's in. Hard to find time for you. Hard to find time. For you. So, <laughs> appreciate <laughs> it, guys. Thank you so much. Good on you, Nate. So, we'll speak soon. Cheers, mate. Yeah, cheers. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.